GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast. Widespread investigation of reports from funeral homes, morgues, and hospitals has concluded that the unburied dead are coming back to life and seeking human victims. Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. Welcome back. It is the <laughs> 2021 Nightmare on Last Action Podcast with I, the Sphinx, and joining me as always, we got... Deadite the Butterboy. That's me, yeah. I, I like the combination of the former persona and the current persona. I dig that. Uh, I was not prepared for the, the Thanksgiving gobble gobble <laughs> introduction. Uh, if anyone wants to uh, prime themselves for this year's uh, films we're going to be covering, why not go back and, and watch Thanksgiving? Uh, uh, listen to the, was that a Patreon show or did we publish that publicly last year? I think we published that one. I think yeah, so. Yeah, for everybody. So. It was, it was a wild ride. I mean, on my way here tonight, I, I saw a turkey, so it made me think of... Actually, <laughs> now every time I see turkeys, because I live near turkeys. I, yeah. We just have wild turkeys that live like in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I always think of that movie. <laughs> that, like, one day I'm going to wake up, and there's going to be one ready to murder me. <laughs> Thanks Killing really was a wonderful film. Uh, so, so, in a way... Mm-hmm. Your assessment when we sat down to watch today's movie was a little bit incorrect. Yes, very much so. Uh, you did say that you thought this was our first like monster movie, but Thanks Killing we watched <laughs> last year was definitely, in some regards, a monster. Sort of a slasher mixed with a monster. <laughs> that is true. I mean, the turkey is definitely a monster in that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> and then I forgot we did the thing a few years ago as well. So, mm-hmm. But that's you said that's more like an alien, I guess, than really... A yeah. monster. Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely a, a monster movie. I mean, yeah. in in um, you know, in the Alien series, you could, those are True. monstrous aliens. You know, like not all like an Alien movie could also involve ET. You know, yeah. like just uh, only haunts the dreams of of small children who are just scarred by glowing fingers and pieces of candy. <laughs> That's very it's true. a different kind of monster. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, to to start off our our. Halloween horror movies. Uh, we did. Uh, Dead Eye picked the film. We did uh, an American Werewolf in London. Yes, uh, by John Landis. Which, which my experience with John Landis has always been his comedies. Yeah, you know, Blues Brothers, Animal House. Um, man, what's my boy guy coming to America? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's done some other ones out there that I'm blanking on right now. Those, but... those three big ones, though, give you a good read for. What he would typically offer. Classics. Yeah. But I will say this as well, and I, I did not disclose this to you. So growing up, I, you know, we've shared, both of us have shared how much of a passion we have for music. So when I was a kid, why I don't know, but like, actually I do know exactly why. It's because it was always on. So on like VH1 and MTV, mm-hmm. there would always be the Michael Jackson music videos. Okay. All the time. They yeah. would play them. And famously, John Landis did mm-hmm. the Thriller yes. um, music video, which is like 20 minutes long. And all I kept thinking when we were watching the movie tonight was, 
this is where Thriller came from. Yeah. Like, this is exactly what Michael Jackson probably went to Landis about and said, I want you to do uh, an American Werewolf in London, you know, Thriller style. Make it sexy, make it dance, make it me. And John Landis is like, you, you got a bag of money? Yeah. You know what MJ did? <laughs> yeah. So it was it was kind of cool for me to see it from this perspective mm-hmm. that like that's what created you know that to happen. But then I got to see the the horror side of it today. So yeah, so I'm excited to talk about the film and and share our thoughts on it. Yeah, American Werewolf in London is a movie that I've enjoyed for I don't know 15 years or so. I you know we both used to work at the Worst Purchase, <laughs> and I was a very guilty party of what is the five dollar DVD this week? Mm-hmm. I'm taking a copy home, and that's definitely how I got my copy of American Werewolf in London uh, back when I was collecting as many horror movies and horror classics as I could. Uh, and I remember watching it and just really vibing with the movie and again i am a big blues brothers fan uh, you know it's a top 10 movie all time for me so yeah. uh and, and enjoy john landis's delivery when it comes to uh directing so uh so yeah i i right away was like oh i really like the way the movie's presented and put together and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go go along but it's always been a movie i i like throwing in again i probably haven't watched it in about eight years this really okay. did feel kind of like a fresh watch in some regards because mm-hmm. i pro- i haven't watched it in a long time uh but it's it's always movies I, i've liked yeah and and typically with with us doing the nightmare on last action this was it was a movie i had heard of i'd always known of it but it was absolutely my first time seeing it um, I don't even think I've seen it, even any clips, even the famous mm-hmm. scene that you you mentioned when he turns into the werewolf for the first time. That I don't think I'd actually ever seen that before. Yeah. So, um, but that does bring up maybe maybe what we can talk about now is that this movie actually won an Oscar. Yeah, uh, it was for best makeup, which was the first year that makeup was offered as an Oscar award. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if you watch this movie. Uh, it's 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 great for people that are fans of practical effects. I mean, this is yeah. 1981, so it, it does predate you know computer generated graphics. But even in in the 80s, some of the practical effects could come off really hokey and bad. And it's not like all of these effects come off flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the scenes where there are prosthetics on the face, and we will talk more about the first transition into being a werewolf. Uh, when it comes to you know practical special effects, they really, really are good, and there's nothing cheesy about them. There, there are there is a good bit of gore in what's presented when it comes to makeup and uh, prosthetics. Yeah, we we both said it throughout the film, like how th- this movie is held up in terms of age, and and that's that's always something I feel like the I, on last action podcast. The 1980s is a weird decade because I feel like some movies and some directors are trying to push the envelope of the special effects and that technology just wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. So it comes off as awful. And when you stick to just, you know, the physical stuff, like you said, the prosthetics and, and whatnot, I think it just it shows off a lot better. And just makes it more believable what it is that you're watching. So I, I thought it looked spectacular overall. Yeah, when something's real and actually photographed <laughs> yes. live on set, re, you know, regardless if it's e- even uh, stuff that's some stop motion stuff, if it's done mm-hmm. sparingly, uh, can look really, really nice. Uh, but that's not the case with a lot of the effects here. We'll talk a little bit more about those uh, later. But yeah. Yeah. 
Only other thing I wanted to share that I, I looked at I looked up is that the movie only had a budget of about six million dollars, which even for nineteen eighty one, that's not a lot of money. Um, but it made over sixty million worldwide. So obviously a huge hit, um, and probably allows Landis to then create all his other future endeavors um, based on the success of this. Obviously he had his National Lampoons, and I've never seen Kentucky Fried Movie, but apparently it's another one that made him very famous. I know our our pal The Glitch has seen it and has told me several times I need to see it. But He's told me I need to see it as well, <laughs> yeah. and I think it's on Prime, and I think it oh, comes oh. up as a Prime recommendation for me pretty frequently. So gotcha. I'm, I might have to cue that one up. Yeah. So... You know, starting into the movie, we, we've we got our, our two main characters. It's Dave and... Man, I'm already blanking on the other guy's name. Is it Frank? <laughs> I don't think so. Fred? Dave and John? Jack. 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 There it is. Thank Generic you. Generic name, yeah. <laughs> um, he only cries it out in his sleep multiple times. Exactly, right? I, I guess, like, are they... Are they, like, backpacking Europe? Is that what we're led to believe here? Yeah, so so the scene open, it, it opens with, with two buddies seemingly backpacking across the English countryside. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, right away there's the, the jovial spirit of the movie comes in just with the dialogue and with the way the guys are talking and as they're backpacking. And it, it sets up a nice scenario because you, you hear... Uh, the the romanticized idea of I'm gonna backpack Europe like mm-hmm. every every twenty something kid after college or in between high school and college oh, yeah. thinks how cool it would be to go backpack Europe. Well, the premise of this movie sets up with two buddies out just living the uh, the stereotypical American dream of backpacking Europe. Yeah, so they end up in the the slaughtering lamb, I believe it was the called slaughtered lamb, the slaughtered lamb, old English pub, you know, yeah. a country pub, just townies in there drinking <laughs> and playing darts and just being weird, being weird with uh, like r- ritual runes and everything written on the walls and all that. So they kind of get abruptly kicked out of the the pub for the most part, and so they're they're being warned several times though to stay on the road and. You know, look out for the moon, and obviously the the moon comes up. I'm pretty sure our listeners know how the werewolf works. Yeah. So clearly they don't follow the rules. They're not on the path. It starts to rain, and we do see that they both get attacked. And yeah, Jack dies and ends up haunting um, Dave throughout the rest of the film. But then we find out that Dave survived. Um, but then he's in the hospital for like three weeks. Um, and yeah, so he keeps having all these flashbacks, which at first, like, yeah. the transitions that, that Landis does is interesting because for quite a while, for several of them, I didn't think they were flashbacks at first. I thought, or the, the dreams, I'm sorry, I keep calling them flashbacks, but they're more like dreams. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's an interesting way to kind of bring those in to the story. Um, you know, there's not much of a transition on it at all, but I feel like it played off okay. Yeah, it's um, it reminds me a lot of like the abrupt editing style that was really popular in the '90s with with B movies. Mm-hmm. Um, just those quick, some of those quick cuts that are sort of jarring, and they yeah. do create a sense of uneasiness. Um, but but what these slowly were introduced to do is you start seeing that you know our our survivor um, something's we, not right. Yeah, you start seeing that. You know, this is a movie about a werewolf. It's about a it's a movie about someone surviving a werewolf attack. Uh, but it's also about the psychological changes that a person goes through 
uh, when becoming a werewolf. And I, I've always thought that was a cool part of the story. So we are seeing these dreams. We, he thinks they're just dreams. He's waking up in, uh, they're very bizarre. And, and something you and I talked about right when we started the movie is you were under the impression that the movie was maybe a comedy, right? Yes. And I was like, I don't know if it's really like a comedy, but yeah, it's a little, little comedic. And I, I, you you said you use the term tongue in cheek mm-hmm. to describe stuff, and throughout watching the movie, the way I would describe it is offbeat. Yeah, you know, like the the way the dialogue is written, and yes, there is stuff that is sort of like pseudo comedic, like silly almost. Yeah, at times. like like do you see like Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse like being shown at awkward parts where it's yeah. supposed to kind of make you gag a little bit. You know, when when they go to the sex, you know, the porno theater. Yeah. Like that's supposed to be, you know, you know, funny. Um yeah, absolutely. Like it's it, it's a take on humor, but not necessarily like purposely trying to be funny, I guess. Yeah. And, and it's it's interesting because with this movie, the horror actually comes, from the most part, from the special effects. Yeah. There's not a ton of suspense, uh, you know, because the, the dialogue is at times jovial. Mm-hmm. It A lot of the horror of this movie, because it's not like it's a scary movie, does come from the actual effects of the werewolf and the gore from the makeup. Um but yeah, I just want to hit on the, the yeah. tone of the movie real quick. Because so as we're seeing some of these dreams, you know, one of the dreams is like Nazi zombie <laughs> werewolf yeah. shooting David's family. Like that's it's weird. It's yeah. a little the Muppets are playing in the background. Yeah. Like again, when I'm explaining this, it sounds like a fever dream because it's presented as a fever exactly. dream. Exactly. Like it, that, so they're showing you that, and uh it it is to show in sort of a tongue-in-cheek or offbeat way this character's descent into a little bit of madness as the moon phases progress. And in a lot of cases of other movies I've done on our show, that taking that kind of style usually turns me off. Mm-hmm. Like, it just... I feel like it's it's done in a way that just seems ridiculous and I hate it. But I, I did not have that feeling this time around. Like, just the way it was used and maybe... You know, maybe because it was still kind of on the lighter side. And, and like I mentioned before, like, I, I don't know if Landis was trying to, like, throw the more humorous edge at us. I felt like it it flowed into the movie just fine. It didn't make it awkward in a way. Like, it was still weird, but mm-hmm. not in a way that I was like, this is dumb. Like, it took me out of the film. Like, I didn't feel that yeah. as they were going on throughout Cause, the film. Because you do get set up with the first couple, which are, you know, like... Him running through the forest, butt naked, dong out, <laughs> eating a deer. Like you get, you get a few of them right away, and then they get stranger. Yeah. They get more abrupt. They get layered. Uh, you know, I, I guess I've never made this connection before, but I guess you got to give a little bit of love to this as a precursor to Elm Street with the way the yeah. dream presentation is. I never okay. considered the fact that this came out before that, and actually, there's a lot of similarities in the way the dream sequences are well put together to intertwine reality and where's evil dead time wise here because i i got some evil dead vibes from this movie too a little bit same year i think they're okay. i think they're both 81 so they evil they, they could have been 80 but i'm pretty sure it's 81 all right so they may or may not have influenced each other probably not though but yeah okay i was just kind of curious because some of the rawness of like the camera footage mm-hmm. and whatnot even a little bit of friday the 13th kind of vibe was coming from it you get like, a lot of first person camera perspective yeah when 
the werewolf is on the loose. Yeah, which I liked that. Like, the first time we see... I mean, we don't even really see the werewolf that first time. But I think that that was the part where, like, there was some suspense. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we knew it was coming. But how it was going to come, we just didn't know. And it was cool. They were doing, like, a 360 panorama with the camera work. And you were just kind of waiting, like, when was it going to pounce on the two guys? So I, I kind of liked the way that that was played out. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. Um so yeah, from there, we you know you you mentioned you mentioned the dong that we saw, <laughs> and that's when my wife showed up and she's like, "What are we watching? Let's go!" But again, like if there's anything I've learned, it's that horror movies have to show some sort of nudity. Like if that if there's one thing I've gathered from all of these horror movies is that that's that is a pedigree of horror movies is there has to be nudity in some case gratuitous nudity <laughs> Correct. nudity for the sake of nudity that's what needs to be there exactly so obviously like there's a love interest in the movie it's actually his nurse which you can tell from the beginning that we're going to be seeing them get naked and having sex which of course they do mm-hmm. you know they had to clean themselves up in the shower first and they got the dirty on then we see Morg Dong later on when he's you know, sleeps in the zoo. It's yeah. just—it's a bit ridiculous, but it is what it is. And again, it's one of those things about this movie. Multiple times, seeing the main characters <laughs> dong out, running naked as a werewolf. Like, okay, of course, if you turn to a werewolf when you wake up, you're going to be butt naked because you ripped your clothes off. Yes, but so it is one of those things. It's a little offbeat because they don't like tastefully show you like a naked man's back as he, you know, yeah. is back to being a man. It's sort of comedically, not like overtly, ha ha, here's a dong, yeah. but it's a little silly to watch a naked man run around. It just is. Now, I, I'm going to ask this. It's a little bit off, but I mean, you know, the Incredible Hulk, when he turns into the Hulk, he always just happens to find clothes when he's done too. Like, how come in on these Marvel movies we haven't seen any of Mark Ruffalo's dong? You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's a big question. Uh, and, ah, literally. Ah. And, and I, I think that's one of the reasons that Edward Norton was removed from the project, because he insisted <laughs> on Hulk Dong in the sequel. Uh, and Disney was like, no, we just bought the company. There's no way you're going to have Edward Norton Hulk Dong in any of these movies. <laughs> it's like, uh, we did freaking Little Mermaid. We can't show Dong in our superhero yeah, movies. Yeah, so. and I'm pretty sure if you're Bruce Banner, like, first time that happens, you're like, I'm a genius. I guess stretchy pants is for me now. Like, it, it, it after one time of ripping your clothes and waking up naked, you go, I guess I'm a, I guess I'm a, yeah. I'm a stretchy pants guy. <laughs> I think that's a good call. Other question I have for you, because I'm just going to assume that you're a professional in understanding in how werewolves work. I, I, I know a bit about lycanthropy. I've done some study. Perfect. Okay. So he becomes a werewolf because he survived the werewolf attack? Yes. Is that is that what yeah. happens? Yeah. So, because, you know, his friend that was talking to him in his dreams... Which, at that point, are they even dreams when he's, like, talking to him and he's coherent and he's responding back? Anyway, I don't know. But... It's for like, the viewer to decide. I guess so. So, but he, he tells them that, like, you got to kill the family, right? You got to get rid of the, mm-hmm. you know, the genealogy or whatever it is. So, is it, like, when he gets bitten then that that passes him on as, like, genetically mutated then into part of the, the werewolf family? Is that what we're led to believe Well, here? I'm, not, I'm not trying to talk about genetics. We're talking about curses. <laughs> oh, okay. 
which is, I know way more about curses. <laughs> Listen, if I've learned anything over the last year and a half, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Fair I enough. might know stuff about curses, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think I, I think I can speak on that with some authority. I'm pretty sure I at least once filled out a medical form and did put lycanthropy as a symptom, <laughs> as a, a condition I had. Um, probably for school or something that I had to fill out just to be a jackass. So, as I have claimed to have this before, yeah, it's a curse. So if okay. you if you survive the werewolf encounter, uh, then you 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 are cursed. And I, I when during the first encounter, the village people from not the not the disco the YMCA not village the disco people? guys. Oh, no. Okay, no. I don't remember. Like there was some awesome music in the movie. I don't remember YMCA or in the Navy. Nope, nope, no, okay. wasn't in there. Uh, could have been though. They could have fitted in. I don't know what year that came out. Seventies? Yeah, seventies. Yeah, okay. He could have thrown that. Yeah, it's um, a missed opportunity. But the the, the people from the pub that were acting all eerie and spooky at the beginning mm-hmm. did come and actually save him from the werewolf attack by killing the werewolf. The question about the curse is: Would there have been two werewolves at the time, or does one werewolf have to die for the curse to be passed along oh, in the attack? I don't know. And so is the rest of this village, so they clearly know that he's around and he exists. So do they just, whenever strangers show up, they just know to leave him, leave them to the werewolf? Or are they all, like, connected in some way now? Yeah, I mean, it, it's... I mean, when they get together and have, like, a city council meeting, like, is do they make sure they do it on a full moon so that the werewolf can show up and give his piece to I, I feel like there would probably be some sort of report like oh old <laughs> willie the werewolf he uh he got willie's two- his name that's what i'm naming him here yeah. i don't think they say He'll, yeah uh yeah he, get, he got two sheep three cows a little girl and uh nine tourists last month so, he's got a little chicago accent yeah, too. <laughs> a little chicago accent okay uh, you the know, bears yeah no bears yeah you know, oh willie's out getting them uh so <laughs> it's a cover-up. What I don't understand is if it only took a firearm and allegedly not a silver bullet to kill the werewolf. Oh, that's a good call. This wouldn't happen in America. <laughs> I've I said that multiple times throughout the movie. Dead. Like that's true. There's enough armed citizens in this great <laughs> you, nation. You did mention that in the movie. A dog running amok. Dead. <laughs> Gone. Not a problem. And that oh, a small village with a bunch of drunk people. If that happened in northern Michigan. They'd go out and hunt the wolf down. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't have been soft and just hid inside on a full moon. And probably plant, like, landmines and all sorts yeah. of shit. Like, you'd have the militia out there. You know, I'm, I'm talking big talk. <laughs> but honestly, it, it's wrong of me. Because we might have a sharp fan that'll be like, listen here, man. Why are the legends of the Michigan dog man a thing? <laughs> if you're going to talk so big about locals being able to go out and kill a werewolf. So, uh Look up the Michigan Dog Man. It is our it is one of uh, a couple of our cryptids here in the great state of Michigan. Uh, so I'm gonna stop now because I realized I was talking on my ass because we can't even get the Michigan Dog Man. I can't. What we can't get this werewolf definitely. Oh man, we really went. We really went down a wild ride there. It's always Mister Toad with me. There we go. So he ends up like he's like so. I mentioned this throughout the film. You know, they, they the, the doctor shows up and seems a little, like, puzzled that he's acting kind of crazy. The police investigate him, and things just kind of disappear. Nothing's really making any sense there or whatever. The doctor even says, like, listen, you're getting released, like, tomorrow? Can you not act crazy? Like, <laughs> right? I don't want, like, now is not the time to act crazy. 
you need to keep your sanity and get the hell out of this hospital. But then we find out, like, Good doctor work. They, they, already, they already sent his friend back home. They had the funeral. Uh, the Dave, who survives, his parents went to the funeral. But we're talking, like, three weeks, and Dave's family doesn't show up to London to check on their own son. We never hear from this family. I mean, he calls, it sounds like his sister in the London, yeah. you know, booth. You Despite know. that phone call... Making him sound like maybe he's the oldest child. Yeah. Based on the parents' behavior, middle child. Definitely a middle child. <laughs> hey, now. Uh, I was going to say, we're both middle children, we're speaking, actually. I'm speaking for both of us here. Fair enough. It's just, like, just I, I blame this movie on bad parenting. It's what it is. I mean, who, you yeah. know. Th- those boys should not have been left alone in the country. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Not without a firearm. <laughs> exactly. Call themselves Americans? I was going to say, what kind of Americans are these people? So, anyway, he ends up, he, he's living with the nurse because he's banging her. Yeah, the nurse, this guy <laughs> is like, he's like in the hospital, like, I think I'm a werewolf. <laughs> like, he's like telling her this because he's having these visions. He goes, listen, I saw my dead friend. He told me I'm a werewolf. That's it. Like, this dog that I saw, this thing that attacked me, it wasn't a crazy man. As the cover-up from the villagers said it was a crazy man that murdered him. Yeah. And he's like, I think I'm a werewolf. And the nurse is like... Well, you probably don't have anywhere to stay in London. Come stay at my flat with me. Like, this lady has has it bad. She needs it so bad that she's going to bring home a guy that thinks he's a werewolf. Well, he's talking about dreams. That dream- never once happened for me in college. <laughs> he, he's talking about dreams with his dong sticking out. So I'm sure all she's thinking is dong at this point. So yeah. She's like, well, you got to just stay with me and we'll have sex all the time. Which apparently they do. I mean, I, I, I said it like when he's not a werewolf, he's just horny as can be throughout the entire movie. Like it's part of the all condition over her, I guess. As so. someone to have once claimed to have it. <laughs> part of the condition. Part oh. of the curse. Oh, boy. So, the wolf's bane, my friend. The wolf's bane. <laughs> so pretty much just how we kind of get to the end of our movie is, you know, he... The options there are, like, to kill himself. Like, his friend tells him in the dreams, like, you need to kill yourself, otherwise you're going to start murdering other people. He doesn't do it. Um, You know, she goes to work on the full moon night, which is a bad idea. Which, can I also bring up real quick? So, there's scenes where she is also working at, like, a children's hospital, I guess. Maybe like there's the children's wing of the regular hospital. Maybe, and like there's several scenes with that young kid that just says no all the time. There was no like solution. Like there was no tie-in to that. Was there? Did I miss anything? Like why did we keep having those scenes at the hospital with her and seemingly a relationship with that patient? When the patient had literally nothing to do with this movie whatsoever. Why, why did that happen? <laughs> well, in one of the scenes, they panned to show that the moon was full. So it okay. was used as a, as a piece to show that the moon was full, which we already knew was going to happen. Yeah. But it did set the time to say, like, hey, Dave's going to change into a werewolf again. Okay. Um, I don't know. The other scene <laughs> with that kid in it, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> I'm a curse guy, not a not a why films were made the way they were made guy. You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. So, you know, he doesn't listen. He doesn't kill himself. So he turns into a werewolf. So the first night he takes out, 
you know, a couple that's about to have a dinner party. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guy that was hosting the dinner party, he just shows up with his scotch or brandy or whatever to investigate these noises that his wife's talking about. Well, he ends up being dead, too. I, ne- I never track a sound outside the house without a drink. So that's fair. That's or, because of that guy's And again, if he was American, he would have had a gun with him. That's but right. he didn't. So he's dead. Right. And then what was the other murder from the first night? Why am I blanking on which the one it was? Subway, the guy in the subway. Oh, the subway one. Yeah, that was good, which somehow nobody was on the, the <laughs> London tube. Yeah. Because he, he was running around for like five minutes, and we didn't see a single other person there. Gobbled up several homeless men. Oh, that's right. The homeless men right underneath Tower Bridge, which is like <laughs> one of the most famous tourist attractions. I don't think there's homeless people there nowadays. Yeah, so he was certainly busy. I think it was six people they ended up saying. Mm-hmm. So the doctor sees the news headlines because he's now skeptical because the doctor also goes to visit the village. And he also gets treated like complete scumbag dirt. Like I thought maybe they, I literally thought for a minute there they were going to like murder him or something. You'd think they'd be excited to see a doctor for the first time in maybe right? a decade. Yeah. And they treat him like a total douchebag. Yeah. Like, but, and that doesn't make sense to me either. Like why are they being so quiet? about the fact that a werewolf was in their village. I mean, it's no longer their problem. Obviously, this werewolf is in London. So wouldn't they be like, oh, good, the thing is gone. Yeah, we'll tell you everything now. No, instead, they're just keeping it all secret. You know, I did I did just put a piece of the puzzle of the movie together. Uh-oh. I thought you're not a how movies get made kind of guy. It's though. a story thing, not, not, <laughs> oh, okay. not, not an editing choice or what should be on the cutting room floor. Fair enough. They kept it a secret because that guy was their friend. That guy was a guy for like 28 days a month. Oh, He lived in their village. He was their sense. friend. He drank at that bar most nights. Like he was probably, they cared about that guy. Maybe this was like, maybe this is what got them riled up in the village. Like they, maybe they like drew straws every month. Yeah. Whoever got the short straw would now become the next werewolf. Well, I think there'd have to be some killing to have happen. Yeah. So... I think I think it was just one guy for a long time that was their so? friend. They were trying to keep him under wraps. You know, they didn't want to kill him because they were his, they were boys with him. So they they just they just had to deal with the two days where he would be on murderous rampages. Yeah. But the rest of the month they'd be fine. I think that was their dirty secret is they let they let this murderous beast run loose because they, it was their buddy, their drinking buddy. They shot darts. They played chess. The other. Uh, but then, 28 days a month. But he's dead. So, like, what do they need to protect him anymore? They, well, that's the point is, you know, just maybe, I don't know how the, again, I don't know about laws here, nor do I know about laws in Britain. Um, but, you know, maybe they're held, li- they could be held liable for the death of two American citizens if they were covering up the fact that a murderous beast lived in their building. I mean, in their in their village. Could be. Maybe the British have, like, laws against, like, when you're dead, too. Like, the, the law continues with you after you're mur- you know, yeah, after you're in yeah, hell or heaven yeah. or whatever. The werewolf could have had children, you know? He could oh, have, he there could we have, go. He could have had a daughter, and then the daughter gets locked up for something that the, the husband did. I don't know. If someone listens over in the UK, you tell us if you have any laws like this whatsoever. There's a reason why we left. Or so. if you did. Yeah, 1776. <laughs> Was it like this in the 80s? <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> we've, we've gone in all sorts of crazy places today. But he ends up, yeah, he, he murders a bunch of people the first night. Um, you know, we, we do get that famous scene. 
Um, which I'll bring up at this point, like the music. Like we get some great music. We've got some CCR, Bad Moon Rising. Every song is related to the moon. Blue Moon. There's three different versions of Blue Moon. Van Morrison. One of Van Morrison. The Moon Dance. They're getting frisky. You know. Yeah. So I think it's the Sam Cooke uh, Blue Moon version where he truly turns into that werewolf, mm-hmm. and it is. It's a cool scene. So because it just it shows all the different parts of his body as it's transforming. I will say as well, when I typically think of the werewolf, I think that he just always stands on two legs. But yeah. throughout the film, he's on all fours. He's yeah. more wolf than man. Yeah, yeah. Is that typical of other werewolf-like movies or no? Well, I mean, like the wolf man, it's, you know, it's a man, it's a hairy man rolling around the woods. Okay. You know, in real... Or so there's a difference between wolf man and werewolf then? That's what we're trying to No, I I I I don't think there's a strong distinction. I think I think if you went like deep into like actual lore, okay. The werewolf might be more wolf-like than man-like, <laughs> but cinematically isn't like a wolf that stands on both legs that's a big hulking figure way cooler. You yes. know what I mean? In most in most situations it is um, or a dog man again, local local cryptid. Um, I know things about cryptids. Maybe we'll talk about it someday. It's a it's an enthusiastic subject of mine. Um, but yeah, I just I, I think it's I think when it comes to movies, it's a, it's a design choice. And I yeah. think for this one, it would have been more expensive to have a big man mm. werewolf than like the sort of almost silly puppet we have late in the movie. Yeah, um, but. So, in the credits, Frank Oz is in this. Is he the werewolf then, I would imagine? No, he... i look it up. Wait, did I miss him? Yes, he's the uh, the ambassador at the hospital in, like, the first scene of the hospital. Oh, that is, with the glasses. Yep. That is Frank Oz. You're right. Yoda. Kermit. Good yeah. yeah. Good call, good call. And Kermit shows up later in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So... So we have the transformation scene, right? Yeah, so we got the transformation. And so, you know, got some 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 nice, nice tunes going in the background... And then you know, like, which is also part of that tongue in cheek, right? Because yeah. it's like when you think of a true horror movie, when the monster is turning into the monster, you feel like it'd be like real suspenseful type orchestrated string music playing. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's it's like a pop tune that's yeah. happening. So you know, it, it, I actually think it played off really well. I liked it, and it does because the visuals of what you're seeing are super intense. Yeah, because. You know, it's it's like prosthetics over hands that look really good, but they have like hydraulics and presses in them that are stretching the the fake skin, mm-hmm. um, and and the sounds of bones cracking, and you you get a sense of agony from the transformation into Absolutely. this werewolf that is presented in in an awesome way. Like as a frame of reference, if you've never seen American Werewolf in London, but you've seen Underworld. Mm. The werewolves in Underworld are terrible. Like, it's not nearly as good as something that was made 20 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just the presentation of the transformation, the effects, the makeup, it it's it comes across excruciatingly painful. And it's, it's really difficult to convey pain cinematically. Yes. Like, you watch someone die in a movie and you... It, it doesn't resonate, but the way they, they have the sound effects and the moaning and the agony of the bones cracking and the body transforming. Um, and then again, eventually the the like hydraulics are what they use to push yeah. out the jaw and that create really cool. the, the werewolf face. Um, it comes across really painful. And again, I, I 
if there was like really heavy handed, like intense music behind it, it would, it would maybe be too much, you know, yeah. like, like the juxtaposition of having the, the fun pop tune behind it. For some reason to me, I still focus in really well on the actual effects and what's happening, mm-hmm. but it's not overly intense or it doesn't come across heavy handed in any sort of way. And it still fits with the, the horror aspects of this movie really are presented in the visuals. Yeah, absolutely. So he wakes up the next morning in the zoo, dong out again, as we keep mentioning. In in a wolf in a in a wolf's cage. Yeah. He ends up stealing balloons from a little kid, you know, so he can run around town, steals a coat. It's a little pervy to be naked in a bush and call a kid over like, yeah, I'm going to steal you. He hops out of the bush and like hold, you know, like covering his goods and nabs the balloons and runs away. Steals a coat from an old lady. I don't think in 2021 that scene could play out anymore. No, I don't. I don't think so. (laughs) No. But then he shows back to, to the girl. I think her name is Alex. He shows back up to her apartment and she's like. Where were you? Like, oh, you just had a night out with the boys or something? Like, like she, I don't know. she's not quite piecing it together that, oh, maybe when the doctor was freaked out on me that he could be a fucking werewolf, that if he just fucking woke up in a wolf pit at the zoo, that maybe he's a werewolf. But no, they decide to pretty much have sex again. <laughs> Silly Americans and their drugs. Right? Of course he woke up naked in the zoo. <laughs> Americans. Exactly. Who hasn't done that? That's why I can't live in Royal Oak. <laughs> so they, they're taking a taxi. They're going to go see the doctor now, right? Because she calls a doctor, says he's here, and the doctor's like freaking out because he's like, have you read the newspapers? There's dead people everywhere. And that's when they find out on the in the taxi ride that people have been killed. So now Dave is aware that he's kind of putting it together. Oh, shit, that was probably me that did that. This is the scene I actually didn't like. So when he's trying to get the police officer to arrest him, mm-hmm. it was just kind of an awkward confrontation. Like, I know what he was trying to do. Maybe some of the language that was in there or whatnot, you know, wasn't good today. But I don't know. It just didn't... I don't know. I didn't like that scene a whole lot. How did you feel about it? I, I The the thing, the thing that, that played hard for me on that one is if you were that desperate to get arrested, you yeah. punch the cop. Right. You know okay. what I mean? Like if you were that if he was so determined to arrest me, arrest me, arrest me, punch a random person, punch the cop cuz that's still not as bad as you going free and murdering some more. Yeah. Um And he so, created a scene. There was like 20, 30 people around. Yeah. Like the cop can't just continue to walk away. Yeah. So I didn't I don't know. That that part kind of didn't make me. I didn't like that. And then then he's All your yanks and your pranks. Get on out of here, you little <laughs> rascal. Yeah, exactly. So he runs away. She can't keep up with him. Uh, and then obviously we get our our second night, right? So second night after happens. he was in the porno theater with his dead friend, and True. his dead friend showed him all of the people he murdered. So again, all the because that was the claim is yeah. again, and if, if the wolf's bloodline lives, anyone who gets killed by the wolf remains undead. Their spirit is un- at unrest. So his buddy from the beginning was like, "Look, here's the homeless dudes you killed last night. Here's that couple you killed last night. Remember this dude from the train." Here he is, and he's pissed, you know? Yeah. So, so Now, if that's the case, though, how come his friend keeps changing form and getting worse and worse? Uh, is there going to be a point where he's just not there anymore? Maybe. I mean, it's cool to see it. Like, you know, the makeup and everything looks yeah. great. But It's showing the passage of time. And again, the, here, the biggest question, right, is how much of that was 100% in Dave's head? Was yeah, this his vision? Okay. Like, was any of that even true? 
are these souls at unrest because of the bloodline of the wolf? Or is it like the psychological aspect of that's what he's seeing and that's what he's believing because he's losing his mind because he's a werewolf? Now. Which is kind of like a Shining reference yeah. as well, right around mm-hmm. this time, you know, that movie came out too. So, no, I liked that. And so, yeah, so they go to a porno theater and <laughs> there's just, there's just silly scenes. Weird like dialogue in the porn. There's weird dialogue. Like, like obviously, that, that part was very much set up that they wanted to show a quick little clip of the porno scene. Yeah. Because it is. It's silly. It's cheesy. It's funny. But then, you know, it, it, the, the moon comes out, even though I always thought that when the moon came out, the werewolf had to see the moon for him to transform. But clearly, he was in the porno theater. So then, he, if you were if you were didn't see an affected lycanthrope, wouldn't you just keep your eyes closed? Wouldn't you just go to sleep on a full moon and not worry about it? Yeah, but can you really maintain that? Isn't that like like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? You can't like you try to stay as awake as long as you can, I'm, but eventually you can't. I'm pretty sure I could put a blindfold on if I knew like, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a full moon tonight. Oh, sundown. Let me put this blindfold on and not take it off until my alarm clock goes off in. 12 hours? All right, fair enough. So I guess the moon just has to be out. The power of the moon. All right. Goes so, with the tides, my friend. <laughs> I guess so. So it comes out, he becomes a werewolf one more time, and he massacres fucking everybody, all the perverts in the theater. They're, they're, yeah, he kills all the perverts, <laughs> do, doing the Lord's work, killing perverts. <laughs> yes. The, the manager guy shows up, and then he gets murdered too. The cops, I love the cops' response to this one. They just see the murder everything and then just lock it up. And they're like, nothing to see here. We're good. As, like, the door is being pounded by the werewolf. There's a monster in there. Yeah. So then he escapes. He comes out. It causes a hell of a car accident in Piccadilly Circus, which is, there's, like, bodies being thrown everywhere. There are so (laughs) many cars that crash. Honestly, honestly, outside of the special effects for the werewolf and the makeup, the rest of the budget for this movie just went into all the cars they crashed for. Like it's like which I, classic John Landis Bluth's brothers, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, it's to- very reminiscent of it's that. It's like twenty cars that like need, like <laughs> what does that add to the story? I don't know. But John Landis is like we crashing cars. It's what I do. <laughs> That's right. It's my bread and butter. Uh, all he needed was a Blues Brothers song while the crashing was going on. Didn't, didn't Blues Brothers come out in eighty? So wasn't it only a yeah, year? Yeah, it was earlier? like a year or two before. Yeah, yeah. So they finally get. Dave, the werewolf, like, into an alley. Um, the, the girl shows up with the doctor. She just forces her way through the cops. Like, the she shoves a couple of them over, up. right? Yeah, yeah shove, like With their rifles like, drawn. Like, bowling pins. Like, just shoves them down to the ground. Finally, someone shows up with some guns. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And they let her run into the alley, which I thought was an interesting choice. Like, oh, you can fucking die, I guess. And so she tries to say... I know you're a werewolf right now, but I do love you. And it doesn't work. He was, he was about <laughs> to... snarling at her. Yeah, him. he was about to pounce on her and fucking murder her and take her head off. Which he did take a head off uh, in the porno <laughs> there, theater, there which was cool. It was a decapitation. It was a decapitation. And so that's when all the officers shoot. We see Dave dead. And literally, movie done. Yeah, his naked body, human form with bullet holes in it. You know, roll credits. Yeah, that was it. Like, it was, there was nothing else. It was completely done. Yeah, the story was done. The werewolf was done. Well, yeah. what, what else do you need? <laughs> I mean, I thought there could have been some sort of, like, end to, like, bring us to a the end type of thing, but no. 
Maybe you want to see her crying because the guy she fell in love with who she should have never fallen in love with and should have known the whole time. Yeah. You know, maybe the doctor consoles her. They they fade out into the distance and the cops start coming in and walking in. Or maybe, oh, he decapitated the one police chief. Maybe yeah. the other one could have shown up and been like, what a fucking mess, and like wrote some notes down. Frank Oz, like, oh, American kids never want the help that I try to give them from the embassy. Exactly. None of it. Just I, done. I think the roll credits plays into the offbeat nature of the movie. Yes. And the old credits is very common in horror movies. I was going to say, was it Texas Chainsaw Massacre where he's just like holding the chainsaw up and dancing yeah. with it and it just ends? Yeah. If I remember right? Yeah, it's very common in horror movies to be Man, like... Fuck that movie. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Remember how much yeah. that movie fucked me it, up? Yeah. <laughs> the original Texas Chainsaw, pretty overrated. Um, <laughs> you can go back and listen to our take on that one. Yeah. Sphinx had a bad time with that one. <laughs> sure did. But you're right, though. That is very common of these movies. It just kind of ends. Yeah. So... Now, I think there's a sequel, like American Werewolf in Paris or something. There is. I've I never saw it. I've never I, seen I didn't it. see it. I mean, I saw it online. It came out like 97. But then I did also see online that they're trying to do a remake of In London. Mm. And as of 2019, there is a script. I guess John Landis's son, Max, Max. Yes. is on some sort of role to do it. Max, so. is, Max is a, he's a pretty good creative mind. So I don't know anything about him. Yeah, with, hi, with him being attached, I would at least be interested to see what it is. I'm not someone who instantly gets mad or upset about most remakes uh, because I always remind myself, remind other people that if a, a sequel or remake, if you don't like it, it doesn't ruin the thing you already liked. You can just keep liking the first thing. So I totally agree. Um, yeah. And especially I like... Uh, I don't like when there's a lot of remakes. Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing five of the exact same story over again, then I got a problem. Yeah. But if you're going to do one and just do a little twist on it, yeah, why the hell not? Yeah. I agree. So there we have it. I mean, that's American Werewolf in London. So, what'd you think? Uh, I mean, we could probably do our ratings now. I guess. Yeah. Huh? You yeah. want me to go first? Yeah, go first. All right. So we do the five machete scale. Shing shing. That's my machete sound. <laughs> All right. There we go. We're, we're top class here. So let's see. So I have to remember, like, my scale here is based on horror movies. But now that I have a lot under my belt. I feel like it kind of alters my ranking of things yeah. now. But you've I, seen some real turds, and you've seen some gems, and you've seen a lot that's yeah. turd with glitter on it. <laughs> that's very true. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I I did think it dragged a little bit in mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, it took a while. I think it was beyond half the movie by the time Dave turns into a werewolf. Yeah. So I feel like that was a little bit longer-winded than maybe I would have cared for. I did mention, you know, some scenes, you know, at the hospital and whatnot that just there was no solution to them. There was no resolution to what the point of them were. So I was kind of like, meh, whatever. Um, going back to the, one of the original reasons why we started doing this podcast to begin with was I was always looking for a movie that actually could, like, create some suspense for me and, like, make me frightened, quote unquote, to watch it. And this one doesn't do that. And so I guess I'll, I'll have to give it a little bit of a notch down because of that. Like, the suspense just wasn't there for this movie. Um, so in terms of, like, I guess this is a monster movie. It's not a horror movie, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But overall, I enjoyed it. So I think I'm going to give it, I'm thinking, like, three and a half machetes is where I want to put this. I, I'm really close to the four. Like, I really am. 
But I think in in all reality, I'd probably give it a three and a half rating. So. Yeah, uh, that that's right in line where with about where I would be. And again, we talked about that the the point of this journey originally was to find some scary movies, and this mm. one isn't really scary. It it just isn't. It's yeah. I, I said early on when we were watching it, it's really good uh, werewolf story. Like, yeah. it's a good werewolf story. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't a lot of good werewolf movies. Uh, now, I need to see The Howling is one I need to see, which Correct. came out uh, maybe a little bit after. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but that's also supposed to be a good werewolf movie. Um but again, yeah, there, there's aspects of horror. But for me, I always like the presentation, the psychological aspect. I like the offbeat uh, writing of the movie. So again, yeah, not super scary. I, I, I agree. I'm going to go three and a half on it. You know, if we were just going like movies overall, I'd give it a four. I really like it as yeah. a, a, a movie. But if we're talking like horror movies, yeah, there's other horror movies that achieve horror in a lot of better ways. Uh, if you want to watch some actual scary movies, maybe, maybe maybe I'll have to hand you over to a different different co-host for a couple weeks because the movies that scare me the most, and I've told you I can't do them, are like yeah. haunting movies and possession movies. I can't uh, do them because of my sleep paralysis condition. Uh, I had to stop because nightmare fuel. You like yeah. I can't I can't watch horror movies that basically take place at night in a house. Because yeah. I brought up The Conjuring <laughs> and for maybe like, a movie this you know for for this year, and you were like, "Oh no, that's not happening." Can't do it. So <laughs> The Conjuring was the movie where I made the decision I had to stop. Oh, I didn't know I, that. I so didn't that was that was like a trigger movie in itself. Huh? Uh, I was getting ready to go see it with a buddy. Okay. Like we were gonna go see it like that weekend. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, man. Every time I watch like haunting movies, mm-hmm. I have like an episode. And I don't sleep for like two weeks, and I was like. I just think I need. I think I need to be like a slasher movie, a zombie movie. Yeah. Like I think I need to like utilize the other genres of horror. I don't think haunted houses uh, are ones I can do anymore. And he he under, understood and appreciated that. So um, yeah. So so yeah. maybe I'll have to tag in tag in a different co-host for you to watch some of those. See if those get you. It's all good. It's all good. I'm still enjoying us doing these. So and hopefully you guys out there are also enjoying them. So. Uh, one more time, we are the last action podcast doing our nightmare episodes here. Deadite, it was a pleasure having you on again. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah. And so um, we don't really have like a sign off for these, do we? Maybe we did and I forgot them. I don't know. Stay spooky. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> no, stay spooky is great. Stay spooky. Stay spooky is great. It's got legs. Okay, you do something better. On the fly. Do something better. I was going to say gobble gobble motherfuckers (laughs) again. (laughs) See you next time.